haven't, I haven't preached so long, I forgot to preach. Think so? Yes. I hope so. Yes. Praise the Lord. Let's open the word of the Lord. I, I think I should um, have um, Brother Nate do part B. <laughs> guy was on fire. There's still some, some marks, uh, some shoe marks there and the one in the ceiling. That was an awesome message last week. Praise God. I, I need for Nate to touch me. Just give me some of his energy. Wow. He, 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 he cut a, a dance on this rug that we had to replace the rug. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was good. Luke chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 11. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. It's very important that, that we recognize that uh, we, we do have a voice uh, and we have a responsibility to reach out to our loved ones, reach out to our community. And it's not difficult. It's, it, we just have to commit ourselves to it. One of the other things that's happening, and, and I rejoice in it, uh, this, uh, earlier this week I was in a board meeting, uh, and it's a new church. And one of the, the senior pastors, they fellowshiped here. They were ministers here. And so they've asked me to be part of their board until they get rolling. And they're very grateful to this church. There was a lot of input uh, from us to them, and uh, they were allowed to grow in this place. Uh, so when, when they went out and started their ministry, uh, they, to this day they still remember their impact here in this place, uh, the impact that you had on them. So it was, it was great. They were just talking to me about turkeys uh, for Thanksgiving. I said, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so he wants to invest in some turkeys. I'm thinking about just giving them an offering and Maybe that you could buy 100 turkeys or something for his community, start handing them out. So it's not just us. We're, we're pretty much an expansive ministry. We just, we're just not all in the same place at one time. So I'm very grateful uh, God is doing such awesome things. Today I want to talk to you a couple of minutes about the prodigal son and some of the very important points in that story. As you know, Jesus spoke uh, stories uh, natu of natural experiences but behind it there was a spiritual truth yes. talks about uh, two sons uh, talks about an older brother we know that the perfect older brother is Jesus he is our elder brother but in here he's, he's, he's giving a, a story that highlights so many principles and so many truths and I just wanted to highlight a couple of them today let's read from verse 11 in Luke chapter 15 verse 11 then he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. And there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. That word prodigal means wasteful. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him to the fields, to his fields, to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? 
I will arise, I will go back to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and he had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son. He was dead and he is alive again. And he was lost and he is found. And they began to make merry. Now his older son was in the field. When he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him, what do these things mean? And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received them safe and sound, your father has killed the fat calf. And he was angry, and he would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and he said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you're always with me. All that I have is yours. But it was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray, speak to us today through this story. Speak to us to, today through your word. Encourage us today. Fill us with your wisdom, presence, and power, and joy, and peace today. That we might be carriers, contagious carriers of your presence, of your peace and your joy, O oh God. Of encouragement, of salvation and deliverance, O oh God. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Michael Regali said this one time. He said, the church's inward focus is a grave illness. And that is so true because many times, you know, we get saved, God has mercy on us, and then we forget. And then we become insular. We become inward focused. We start outreaching. Or rather, we stop outreaching. We stop sharing the message with others. We're blessed. We have a saying in Spanish, comillo, comillo todo el mundo. In other words, I ate, that means everybody must have, eaten, must have eaten too. Not necessarily true. Pretty much I guarantee just because you ate does not mean that the world ate. Jesus made it very clear. If you love me, feed my sheep. That's one of the tangible ways we could show him we love him. By feeding his sheep. And then it also says, if you love me, feed my lambs. So you got the little ones too. Little ones around you right now. Downstairs, the little lambs are being fed. I'm very excited about that. They're receiving the word of the Lord at their level. They're receiving God's principles, godly principles at their level, the way they can understand it. And they're having a great time, but at the same time, we're inputting in their spirit man, in their mind, the fact that God loves them, the fact that they're special. They're called with a purpose. They're unique. Hallelujah. But this story, it, it touches me because 
It shows various principles. This young man, he commands his father, just give me the portion. And as he give me the portion that belongs to me. First and foremost, you know, really, any of my kids tell me that, I will smile, and then I'll give them one of these. <laughs> you know what that is? You know, wake up. It's not yours until I say it's yours. You know, and, and the greatest impartation I can give you is to teach you how to live right and treat people right and, you know, point you toward the right way. It's the greatest impartation uh, we could teach them is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Teachings of the word of God. So they could be outstanding citizens, men and women of God. But don't come here and try to take what I've worked for without earning it or, or maturing to the place where I feel I can pass it on to you. But remember, this is a story that Jesus is teaching because he wants to bring an example. So it says that the father takes the livelihood and he distributes it. He divides it to them, his livelihood. And then this guy gets involved in prodigal living. The word prodigal living means wasteful living. Isn't it interesting? As long as it was under the father's command and dominion, that money or those resources kept on multiplying. But the minute it gets in the hands of an irresponsible, ignorant person, that which had been multiplying all along stops multiplying. And then the next verse says, after he had spent all, he wasted his possessions and spent all. We know in the kingdom of God, God's not interested in our money. He's, he's not interested in the dollar. That's not what this is talking about. It's our resources. It's our gifts. It's that, that what makes us unique. Because each and every one of you are unique. Say to your neighbor, you're gifted. You're special. You are unique. So he's not talking about this. But he's bringing an example. Everything that the father worked for and he invested and he made to multiply in the wrong hands, certainly it turned into something that you spent and just mishandled it and threw it away, wasted it away, whittled it away till there was nothing. One time in the scripture says that the master got angry. You know when he got angry? He got angry when the third person that he had given a talent to took the talent and hid it and wasted it away. It wastes away because even though he gave the talent right back to his master later on, it had lost value. See, if you take a dollar and you put it in an income-bearing account, 5 6%, 7%, right? And just leave it there. In 10 to 15 years, it might be 3 4 $5, $10. In other words, it'll increase. But if you take this dollar and put it under your mattress, in 10 years, you'll buy less than you're buying today. Because by nature, currency goes down in value, depreciates day by day. And we certainly see that with the dollar. How many of you know that it's expensive out there today? It's not really expensive. What it is is that the dollar's worth less, so it doesn't buy as much. If you had another type of currency, maybe a krone, or maybe if you had the euro, you might be able to buy more than the dollar today. The yen is going up in value, so depending where you are in the world, your currency could buy more or less. But what happened is, is God got angry when that guy who had the talent refused to invest it, to put it in the bank or do, do something that would multiply the value of it. So the prodigal son does the exact same thing. He takes it, but instead of investing it, he throws it away. He goes and lives wildly. Here it says prodigal living, wasteful living. 
And that is akin to us having gifts and abilities. Uh, you might be able to sing. You might be able to um, be a great administrator. Maybe you are an awesome preacher or teacher. But yet you refuse to invest a portion of that in somebody else's life. You're wasting your talent. You're wasting your ability to multiply that thing. Last week in, in the pastor's celebration, I was profoundly moved by everything that everybody did for me. So I thank each and every one of you. God knows I am very thankful. But I was very moved because as a man, many times I questioned, Lord, am I multiplying that which you've placed in my hands? Am I doing the right things with the gifts that you've given me? And we all know when we could do better. We all know we made a mistake here. I could have done better here. I could have done better here. And I messed up here. I lost this opportunity here. And sometimes my thoughts are, are fraught with these type of, you know, these, these positions. And, and, and sometimes I'm my own worst enemy. But last week, some of you reminded me, a conversation I had with you, blessed you. A prayer that I did for you, blessed you. My, my daughter, she did a video together with Latasha and others, and that moved me. She said, Dad, look, you, you've, you've multiplied. Mom, you've multiplied. And this is the greatest thing we could hope to do in life. First and foremost, have a personal relationship with Almighty God. But then again, take the resources He's given us, and in our own way, multiply them, not hide them. But worst case scenario, some of us wasted away. How many Beyonce's of this world started in the church? I don't know if she started in the church, I think, but you know, how many started in the church? And after they realized, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm going to the world and I'm going to make money. And they make money and forget about God. And forget about ministering to somebody else. And they heap it upon themselves. But are they multiplying eternally? The answer is no. And I just picked Beyonce. I could have picked any other person. I'm just saying, what are you doing with what God has placed in your hands today? A lot of people are confused. A lot of people are in pain. There is a lot of pain out there. And you have a healing salve, a healing balm upon you. That if you share it, you will start the healing process in other people's lives. So the first thing I see here. When this man wasted it all away, he invested in his life in people in that other country. And the Bible makes it very clear. He joined himself with these people. And where did they lead him to? To feed swine. Many times we think that that guy's cool. I'm going to hang out with him. He's just going to get you to feed swine. I'm going to hang out with her. She's going to just get you to feed swine. If they're not taking you to God, they're taking you away from Almighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. But when he comes to himself, thank God that there's times we come to ourselves, we realize, oh my God, I'm the one making a mistake here. He said, I'm going to come back. I, I know I don't deserve it anymore. I'm going to come back home. You know what I realized? First point is the father was busy looking for his son. There are many prodigals out there today, people that you know. Maybe they might be dressed in a suit like me today. Uh, they're professional. They have money. Uh, they have homes. Or maybe they're a family member, a friend. But they're prodigals. But God is looking for them. One of the things I noticed about Almighty God is when the son came back, he got on his knees and said, Father, forgive me. So, um, do me a favor, get the robe right away, uh, get some. Immediately, he started calling out to his co-laborers to get my son restored. So if you see a prodigal out there, God is calling out to us, my son, my daughter, get him, get her. I love him and I want him back home. Put the robe of righteousness back on him. Get the ring on him, put the sandals, clean him up, bring him back home. 
And he calls out to us to partner with him because he loves them. He didn't hear his spiel. He didn't say, well, I don't know. Come back six months and feed the horses for at least six months. And now think about it. No, immediately grab them, hug them. It goes further than that. He says, when he saw him afar off, he started running to him. God is looking for his sons and daughters. He never stopped loving them. We're the ones that stop loving. That's not God's heart. If, if the world needed love, it's now. I'm not saying throwing caution to the wind, but you love people. Even if they're in a wrong situation, you love them. You don't condone the sin, but you love them always. And if they come back, you don't kick them to the curb. You love them. You show the love of God to them. Second thing I saw is that God sent his servants to restore his son's authority, dignity, stature, and position. So when he saw his son was in the right posture, he came to his mind, back to his mind. While he was in prodigal living, he wasn't going to accept the father's love. But when he came back to himself, and he came back, the father says, no problem. Restore his dignity. Restore his honor. Restore him to his position. Right away. The other thing I saw is that what this man went through, he was obviously ignorant. He thought he was all of that in a bag of chips. I mean, he, he was a man. I got money. You know, I, I talk to my father any way I want to. He went out there, wasted his life away, wasted the proceeds. You know what I love about this? When he came back, the father still had robes. He still had rings. So that means he didn't give it all up. He still had some provision. In the kingdom of God, there is never any recession. There is never any depression. When you come back to the Father, it doesn't make a difference how much you've wasted. You think my ministry's over, my life is over, everything's over. But when you come back to the Father in a proper posture, guess what? He's going to restore you. He's going to receive you. He's going to love on you. Hallelujah. And some of you today might say, oh, I don't think I deserve him anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, it's not about you deserving. It's that he just loves you. Say to your neighbor, he loves you. And he kept something back just for you. Hallelujah. So I love that. So, but what gets me about this part is that he came back and he humbled himself before Almighty God. So the right posture came from the place of suffering. The right posture came from the fact that he made mistakes. Your mistakes, your problems, your difficulties. Hey, Judas, now you're to preach yet. You got to wait your turn. Wait a couple of years. Wait till you get some muscle, you know. Yeah, you're trying to out-preach me, young buck. Him and Michaela, you're going to try to out-preach me. Come on, do it. Not yet. Now when I'm like this, in the word says, then maybe you could take over, but not just yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So this man's suffering actually gave him wisdom. And sometimes God will allow you to go through that difficult place. And here you are complaining about your situation, your circumstance, and God has you in school. You might be in school right now and you're complaining about your big and bad boss. You're complaining about your wife. You're complaining about your husband. You're complaining about the landlord. You're complaining about your situation. And meanwhile, God's saying, nah, go ahead, learn, 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 my son, learn, my daughter. When you come to yourself, you're going to realize that some of these things, you can't take them for granted. Yes. 
give me, give me, give me. Sometimes you're not going to have anybody to give you. When you're growing up, and you're, ah, mom gives you. Ah, yeah, yeah. They give you the sneakers. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They give you the shirt. But there comes a time you grow up, ah, yeah, yeah. they'll say, shut up. <laughs> Trying to sleep. There comes a time God's going to allow you to go out there and get beat up just a little bit so you could learn that you can't take things for granted. If you have some money in your pocket today, thank God. You're, you're blessed. Hallelujah. If you got some, some health on you, thank God. If you got some peace around you, thank God. If you got a job, thank God. Stop complaining about your boss. You might not have a job right now. And if you don't have a job, thank God that you have the Father that will help you to get a job or a business or whatever it is. But we need to get into the right posture. When the son got into the right posture, he heard the voice of the Lord again. He got the robe again. He got the ring again. He got the sandals again. Some of you are out of place. Some of you are out of order. You got to get back into divine order. Because God wants to put the robe back on you. He wants to give you your authority back. But he's waiting for you to get in the right place. He's waiting for you to get into the right posture, in the right mindset. Because if you're in the wrong mindset, you're not going to be able to receive what God has for you. And you're not going to be able to give and impart what God wants to impart through you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm starting to remember how to preach again. Amen. Hallelujah. No, it's hard. It's hard to. That's a hard act to follow, man. Nate was all over the place. By this time, he already cut the rug in half. Hallelujah. The next thing, I love this issue. I, I love the fact that sometimes the only thing that will cause you to come alive again is suffering. You're so bored. I'm bored of life. I'm bored of this. Oh, nothing's happening in my life. Sometimes you need to get into a struggle because it's a struggle that makes you come back alive again. It's the struggle that gets you to seeking again. It's the struggle that gets you to sit down and questioning things again. So some of you actually needed to get into that struggle because if you wouldn't have gotten into the struggle, you wouldn't have dug deep inside and allowed the, 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 the presence of God, the wisdom of God to flow. You're so comfortable, you've allowed things to just get boring and dull. Christianity should not be bo boring and dull. You should be excited because God, the Heavenly Father, is for you. You should be excited because the Spirit of God is in you. You should be excited because the wisdom of God is flowing through you. You should be excited because a miracle is ready to happen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen in this place. You should be excited that God is your heavenly father. We're only temporary here. You are an eternal being. You might be here another 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. But after that, you're eternal with heavenly father. But your journey begins now. Hallelujah. So I love it. You know, sometimes God has got to wake you up. When things are comfortable, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you tend to, to slack off happens to me sometimes everything is going right in the job everything beautiful everything the t's are crossed dots are, everybody's doing their jobs on so, so cool Could relax a bit then suddenly one of the board men, what's going on here and this and this and that but every i don't i don't care this better be done otherwise heads are gonna roll heads are gonna roll <laughs> oh man i thought I, oh man Oh, I better, I better double check. You should have been double checking anyway. We get so comfortable, and after all, you think we think that it's just mine. Nothing's gonna change. 
No, things could change in a heartbeat. You always have to be alert. We are at war. This world is a fallen world. It's a big and bad enemy out there. Thank God that greater is he that is in us. But let me tell you, he wants to kill every one of us. He'll shut us down in a heartbeat. We have to be ever vigilant, praying for us, praying for our family. We need to pray for our friends. We need to pray for our co-laborers because we are in a fight. Make no mistake about it. We're in a fight. He'll take everything from you. You don't watch how. You have to watch, watch, be ever vigilant. Pray always without ceasing. Never slack down. Never slack down. So sometimes that's the only thing that will make us come alive again. Hallelujah. The other thing I, I, I love is that this father, when he sees his son, he immediately calls to his servants and says, listen, let's, let's get a party going. Oh, we need to celebrate this thing. Meanwhile, this guy's destroyed. Meanwhile, he has nothing. And from nothing into a celebration. Wow. And that's one of the things that David recognized about Heavenly Father. He says, you, you know, I'm going through the greatest struggles. And it's in the greatest struggles that you prepare a table. Amen. You ever prayed the Our, prayer? our Father, rather? No, no, Our Father, the Psalm 23. Thank you, thank you. See, I'm rusty here. You guys, you know, you let me sit sitting down like for two months. Man, what's going on in this place? Too many preachers here. No, I loved it. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I really appreciated the rest. You guys have no idea. But it's amazing. Psalms 23. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes it's in the difficult place that God's about ready to boast through you. It's in the difficult place when people see how you respond. When they see, you know, somebody might, might talk to you rough in the job and you respond to them. Okay, we'll talk about that later. It's okay. Hey, come over here. I haven't finished with you. No problem. I'll be praying for you. Walk away. And they don't see you respond like they're responding. Or when a boss mistreats you and you treat them with kindness. Wow. Amazing. And right there, you're feasting with Almighty God because now they're throwing a fit. They wanted to make you throw a fit. They want to make your life go out of order. And meanwhile, they see no matter what, your life isn't out of order. You keep your peace. After a while, they're questioning, well, so, well, who, does, who does he think she is? Who does she think he? You know, you know, they, 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 they can't understand that. Try to pick to see. And meanwhile, you hold your composure. And I know, it's, I know that's not easy. People, I know that's not easy. I've, I've had to learn to put on my poker face sometimes. Sometimes, uh, you know, people talk to me in the job or even, or in ministry, and I go, okay, we'll see what we can do. We'll see what you can do. See what we can do. Okay. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm saying, I wish this corneta would shut up already. <laughs> corneta is, is a flute. And a loud noise person, you know? Clarinet, I don't care, loud mouth. Oh, it's just loud mouth. Shut up already. <clears throat> but you know, you hold your poker face. You say, Lord, help me. So one of the things that I do is, I've learned, I've learned, because in the past, when people would talk to me that way, immediately I would talk. That's what I would talk and then think about what I said. Problem is, words travel faster than the speed of hands or the speed of mouth, <laughs> whatever it might be. They travel too fast. And the thing is, even though 
I take it back. I was just joking. Uh, uh, uh. Once you said it, that's it. It goes in the person's heart. Similar to that wall, this beautiful wall here. If I give everybody here a nail, you, you know, you hammer in the nails. And I say, you know, I don't like it. It looks bad. Take out the nails. We take out the nails, right? The whole still remain. That's what happened with conversation. When you talk to people and you say things to people that unfortunately are painful, even if you take it back, uh, we still got to get uh, uh, joint compound, plaster, sand it down. We have to repaint it. And sometimes when you repaint over plaster, especially if it's semi-gloss, you, you can see the shine. You can still see the imperfection. So sometimes you never get back the original. See, that, that's, that's plumber's anointing. <laughs> that's, you know, you got different perspectives. If Jesus had, was doing plumber, he might have talked about sheetrock and stuff like that. He, he, he did carpentry. And then he had the Roman soldiers. He would talk about Roman soldiers. He would talk about gardening. Next thing that I love about this is that when the father says, let's celebrate, he didn't say, kill a little, a little lamb or, or little you know, something, a, a calf or you know, little, something small. Enough for him and his elder brother and for him. He said, let's kill a calf, a big, fatted, not just a calf, a fatted one, big one. And you know, you, 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 three people can't eat that. So there's a connotation there that he was going to invite everybody. So say with, me, say with me, it's time to invite everybody. See, so here's the connotation. The connotation is, listen, a lot of people have got to celebrate this because a lot of people have heretofore been disappointed. Because whatever one does, many people reap the repercussions of it. Oh, you didn't get that. Whatever you do doesn't just affect you. Whatever you do, it affects your family, it affects your friends, it affects your neighbors, it affects your co-laborers. You are more important than what you realize. Your actions are more important than what you realize. So when this man left his home, it affected the entire community. For crying out loud, he was one of the sons of the big man here. What have we done that has affected other people? This man was only thinking, I'll come back, I'll just be a servant. And God was saying, it's time to restore the community. So this act of restoration is not only going to bless my son, it's not only blessing me, it's not only going to bless the older brother, but it's going to bless everybody in the community. It's going to bless all the servants, it's going to bless, uh, you know, Mr. Smith and, and John and, and Harriet over there and everybody else. So he called for a celebration. And in that celebration, there was dancing, there was singing. Praise God. So when you're able through by an act of your love, by sharing the word, you help to restore one person, you really didn't restore one person. You restored family, you restored friends, you restored other people too. Because that person being restored, that person has giftings, that person has uniqueness, that person has something special that they also are going to touch others with. So if they're restored, community's going to be restored. So never take lightly the restoration of one person. Hallelujah. Amen. So I appreciate the fact that this whole community was restored because the son was restored. But why was the son restored? Didn't the son himself say he wasn't worthy of the position? Didn't the son say, just make me a servant? 
The love of the Father goes beyond what we actually deserve. And he's waiting for... Right now, you have brothers and sisters. You have friends. You have family members. We're going to be sending out these cards. And maybe over here at, at the mall, uh, maybe throughout the, the, this zone. And each person you hand it to, think community. Think family. Think the Father celebrating. Think the angels in heaven celebrating. Can you stand that in the coming days? Can you give up your seat for somebody else that would be here if you just simply invite them? Can you love like God loves in these days? Yeah, in these days where there's so much confusion, in these days where there's so much anger, in these days where there's so much resentment, in these days when you, you, know, you open up the newspaper and, you know, and all of this bad news, can you stand to love on somebody else that might not even deserve to be loved? God is restoring people. God is restoring those that have been hurt, that have been wounded. And he wants to work with you and through you. And the beautiful thing about it is this story really doesn't end. It's says, right that we celebrate because your brother was dead and, it, and is alive again and he was lost and is found. But it just stops there. It's not interesting. It didn't end because the elder brother still had to do a job. Because the real elder brother, Lord Jesus, hadn't gone to the cross yet. And he was about to die for the younger brother. And he was sharing how imperfect people respond to things, but yet he was about, as, the, as our elder brother, he was about ready to finish the story and restore not just one younger brother, but restore a whole generation of younger brothers and sisters. And we are included in this story. And every time one of us come to the Lord, each time one of us come to the kingdom of God, each and every time there is celebration in heaven. There are angels celebrating the return of one of the prodigals, one of the sons, one of the daughters. God is waiting for you, sir. God is waiting for you, ma'am. God is waiting for those across the street. God is waiting for the one at the mall. God is waiting for those in Manhattan, in Bronx, in Brooklyn, in Staten Island, in Queens, in Long Island, New Jersey, in Connecticut. God is waiting for the sons and the daughters. And I, I just assume... That he was talking to the servants all the time. Listen, if he ever comes back, just let me know. Let me know. He was constantly talking to his co-laborers. Let me know if he ever comes back. Because it just seems that he was ready. When the sun came in, he was ready. The robe was ready. The robe was waiting for the sun to return. The ring was ready. You know these rings, they're just not ready. You have to make them. There were special signet rings that, that spoke about a family and those special crests or whatever it may be. You, you got to make that. You, you don't go to Gimbel's or Macy's, whatever, Gimbel's. Could tell you the last time I went shopping, right? Alexander's. <laughs> Woolworth's. I belie my age, right? Well, I have, a, I have an agreement with my wife. We go to the mall. I say, okay. You have an hour. Go to whatever store you want, and I'll go to the stores I want. That's why we're still married 33 years later, because we're able to make concessions where it counts. 
Because there's no way she's going to get me following her in those stores. So she touches every single piece of furniture, every single piece of clothing, every single specialty item. They touch them all. The ladies, they have this thing. Of, they must touch everything. Oh, oh, look at that. Meanwhile, it's a curtain, and they just came to buy some eggs. You know, oh. Meanwhile, I'm like, <sighs> no, not all. You ate the shop? Okay. All right. I can't believe that. <laughs> I can't believe that. No, no way. I can't believe that about Nate. No, no way. No, he just wears Exactly. So, so I look at this, and it profoundly touches me. Jesus said, once again, I finish with this. He says, if you love me, feed my sheep. Amen. If you love me, feed my lambs. Amen. So come November, we're going to send these out. I do expect people to come. I do expect people to sit in these chairs and hear the word of the Lord and rejoice with us. Amen. And I do, I do expect sons and daughters to come to the Lord. You know why they need to. The God's been calling out to them. The Spirit of God has been calling out to them. The Spirit of God has been wanting to meet their need. Amen. And they've been going through the struggle. And they've been realizing, I tried this, I tried this. You know, it was not all that. It was not what I thought. I wasted away my life. I wish I was younger. I wish I could have dedicated more time to the Lord. Well, no. God can redeem your years. Yes. God can, what you did not do 10 years, you can do now. You can restore it. Give God first place in your life. Give the Lord Jesus Christ first place in your life. And what you'll do here to the next 10, 20, whatever years uh, you have on this earth, you can restore everything that the locust has eaten. Everything that the enemy has taken away, that can be restored. Amen. That's why I greatly rejoice that God has us in this place. That God has us in this posture to be vigilant and looking for the prodigal sons and daughters. God ministered to you. Now you get ready to minister to others. There's a segment of church ministry today that I get concerned about. And it is that God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. And he wants to increase you. And he wants to promote you. And two of us only want to hear that. So we're spoiled in the church. And all we want is to be blessed. But what do you want to be blessed for? Is it not to be a blessing? What do you want to, you know, a blessing? Many people, too many people, a blessing is, yeah, I want three cars instead of two cars. You know, I want a 10-room house instead of a five-room house or three-room house. I appreciated my one-bedroom apartment when I had to move into a studio. That's right. I have to have a studio while, and oh, man, oof, this is a little too tight. I really love a one-bedroom. I got a one-bedroom, nice one, too. And I appreciate it, because I've been in a more tight place. And in the church, we have to stop being selfish, and I'm not insulting the church, I'm saying that we are only looking to receive the blessing. We need to learn to be selfless. And we need to be sharing. We need to be giving. Amen. And, and in these coming days, I want to invest in the prodigals. I want to invest in them. I thank God for all that he's done for us, but now I want to invest in them. The higher level anointing only flows, listen to me very careful, the higher level anointing, miracles, signs, wonders, only flow when his people acknowledge that and flow at that level of giving, dying to self, and making sure somebody else is blessed. 
when the prayers change from Father bless me and bless me and give me to Father bless him, bless her and give her and help and restore her and use her and uh, when that level of anoint or, or rather that level of posture comes into the church, the level of miracles, signs and wonders will increase in the same place. So are we ready for that? Are we willing for, are we willing to go to that level? Can I tell you something? Clusters of people are going to show up. Not just one. Clusters. Groups will show up. Because they're not being fed right now. Or they're in a place where they're pretty much living next to pigs. And I mean pigs as a store. You know, in a place that for them, it's, it's, they know they don't belong there. They're in a pig pen eating pods instead of eating you know, the spiritual substance that the Father wants to give them. And I believe this, it's not the only place, but I believe this is one of the places where God will restore the prodigal sons and daughters as they come in that correct posture, as they bow before the Lord and say, Father, I'm not worthy. I blew it in a yesteryear. I messed up it, but I'm willing to come back. I'm willing to humble myself and we be in a correct posture to receive them. So, okay, Father, thank you because we have a coat just for him. We have a robe just for her. We have a ring just for him, for her. We have the sandals just for them. Amen. Just the right size. Hallelujah. Might be a prodigal right here today. Might be a person that maybe you not with pigs or pods or something, but you're just off. You just you haven't been at the right place. And today you're struggling with that. You say, Father, I want a restoration of my relationship with you. So I say, Amen. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. Let's bow our heads right now, Mommy. You're in the right place. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you that even though this is a fallen world, even though man has lost his way, and to a great extent we are so out of order, and your love is far from us because we have pushed it away from our hearts, and we've gone out into prodigal living, seeking other things, thinking that these other things would satisfy. And we've hurt each other. and We've maimed and killed and destroyed and allowed the spirit of the enemy to do that through us. Father, have mercy. Have mercy in us and in the coming days have mercy through us. Lord, may our actions attract people to the presence of God. May our actions attract people back home. I pray work through us mightily in the coming days that those that are seeking you but haven't found you yet might be able to find you right in this place or in a small group meeting or in a community somewhere as we reach out. I pray move mightily in the coming days through us. Lord, let signs and wonders and miracles happen in the name of your son Jesus in this place. But not just in this place, Lord, even where we work, even in our community, let signs, wonders, and miracles happen as we pray for others. I pray your divine protection and kind and tender care over our families because the enemy is out to rob us, to kill and steal and destroy. I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over, over every person here. Father, glorify your name in this place, in this house, in our lives. And we thank you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. With your heads bowed, just thinking about this um, if there's anyone here that has said to himself or herself I really need 
a deeper walk with God. I need to restore my relationship with Father, with Heavenly Father. I want to, I want to open up the altar a moment so that uh, I may pray with you. Because he's waiting for you. Your authority is right there. You thought you lost it, but you have it. All you need to do is just be in the right posture. See, the, the son, it says, when the son came to himself, when he realized, my God, what have I done? I've wasted what Father had given me to, to, to use as a blessing, to invest for the lives of others, for my own children and grandchildren. I've just wasted it away. I, I don't deserve to be a son anymore. But today, the Father's telling you, no, you're still son, you're still daughter. Be in the right posture. Go before him. Allow him to put you on your feet again. Allow him to restore your authority, your position, your stature, your dignity, your future, your destiny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.